podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! This podcast is in partnership with Fanside, the first ever football in play fantasy football game. Um, this week we uh, have got Crystal Palace, and I'm certainly going to be involved in the action, um, getting my team together to win some cash prizes. Dan, what are your top three players that you recommend um, fan uh, Fanside players to be playing tomorrow in the game? Yeah, I think I think Zaha's definitely got to be one to one to watch you know i think he's had a good record good time scoring against us um in recent years um i think from our side abamyang he got a goal in his last game as well so i think he might he might be one to to watch again and see if he gets back in good goal scoring form and i think that guy smith rowe you know might be mm-hmm. a, a left field choice um he's quite cheap um so obviously he's a youngster but um, I feel like he's been quite productive in his few starts, you know, um, in the Europa League and the Premier League. I think he's got uh, two goals now, um, three assists across all all competitions in about um, uh, if we're using what the Chelsea boys like to do in, in four starts, you know. So um, so that's a, that's very productive from the lads. Turn that through be- the roof. Yeah, exactly. So I think yeah. um, you know he might he'll definitely be one to one to watch. So I think he will be um, starting again, start starting again tomorrow. Yep. Um, I, I, for one, I'm going to go for all the Palace players because I don't think we beat Palace since 2018. So I'm going to be stacking my team full of Palace players. If you want to get involved in the action with me, Dan, and the rest of the Touchdown Frackers gang, head over to Fanslide, download the app. It's an in-play fantasy football game with a, a completely new concept. It's really, really fun. And if you want to win a bit of extra cash and you think you're good at fantasy football, then join Fanslide. Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gunas podcast. My name is Lewis. I'm joined by uh, Nigerian Dan. How are you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. In fact, you know, it's, it's about time someone asked how I am. When I ask people, <laughs> how are you? No one ever bloody asked how I am. Uh, I, I won't do that next time. Don't worry. Don't. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Olu, how are you? I'm not bad, man. Two weeks in a row I've made an appearance. I, oh, yeah. man, you're really renting out this right? Building things up, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect it. I respect it. Well, you spend 100 quid on a mic and you get uses out of it. Oh, mate. Got it, man. This is expensive, boy. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we're delighted to uh, say that we're joined by Sammy Mockbell again. How you doing, man? I'm all right. How you doing? Yeah. yeah well, thanks. Thanks, Sammy. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing really well, uh, as well as we can do. Obviously, um, uh, we're hoping that you can give us some enthusiasm, because last time you were on the pod, you left us with the whole Willian stuff, and we were a bit dejected. We went back into the group chat, and we was like, we was like oh, man. Sammy really just, <laughs> he let us down with the whole Williams stuff. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're hoping you can give us a bit more enthusiasm um, uh, on tonight's pod. I, I don't, I, maybe it's a bit of a tall order 
given uh, <laughs> the, the the events that's going on at the moment. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, uh, I guess where we could start with is just in terms of um, how rocky the season has been for Arsenal, you know. It's been, we started off all right. Um, we had a decent window by all uh, incomings. Anyway, we had a decent window. Uh, I think... A lot of us bemoaned the fact that we couldn't get rid of a lot of the deadwood, and we're still seeing that now that you know there's still so many of these players that we just can't get rid of. Um, but incomings wise, we signed some good players, except the one that you told us about, Willian, who's been a bit of disappointment. Um, and then obviously things started to fall apart. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the whole season so far and and what what's what's been your view on how Arsenal have dealt with the situation surrounding Arteta. Um, first and foremost, I think that the, the most important thing to stress is there was, you know, there was a lot of talk around Arteta's future, and certainly amongst the fact that you know, sections of the fan base, um, whether he's the right man for the job. Um, I, um, I, I don't think that was ever a conversation that was had by within the, the sort of the power, the, the corridors of power at the Emirates. I, I think they, regardless of what. Uh, of the start you had, and that the results that were that the results that were were coming in, I I, I, I it was always maintained to me that, that the club were accepted that it was it was a long term project with with Mikel, and that they were always they were always going to be on board. Oh, oh, listen, obviously there would always be a point in time um, if the season imploded, which you know in, in sort of some weeks it looked like it was going to mm. implode. You know there was. There was talk of a, of a relegation fight at one stage, wasn't there? Um, um, but I, I, I don't think I don't think there was sort of in terms of Arteta ever being under pressure to keep his job. I don't think we ever got quite got to that stage. And obviously, the run that you guys have been on recently, um, kind of. You know, I'm not saying that it, it, it has righted the wrongs of the, of, of the start of the season, but it's definitely gone to placate some of the maybe some of the, um, the sort of the bad will that was starting to grow against the manager. And listen, you guys have still got a long way to go to turn it round. You know, you're always, as is always the case with Arsenal, you're only two feet, you know, two defeats on a spin away from a crisis, and that, that's just the way. That's just the way it is, I suppose, at Arsenal. But yeah, um, the, 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 you know, the, the the current signs are, are relatively promising, but you know, the, 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 I think there's still major problems and 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 sort of quirks that need to be sorted out within the squad. Yeah, do, was, do, do you think there ever was a point where I know you said that obviously it never it, it wasn't really in their focus to to pull the trigger on Arteta, but do you think there was ever like a number in mind like if we continue to lose X amount of games, then this will be the moment we had we 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 would have had to pull the trigger. It's mm. uh, a good question. I I I, th- I think. Um... I think a conversation would, prob- would probably have to have been had if you guys slipped into the bottom three. Mm-hmm. And if you were in the bottom three for a sustained period of time. I think that would have been the moment or that would have been the, the sequence of, of events that would have led to, at the very least, a conversation being had. Um, and let's make no bones about it. I don't think... It, what were you at, at one stage, you were two points, three points yeah, away from that, yeah. Well, yeah the relegation zone so it wasn't like it was beyond the realms of possibility but the 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 the, the feeling that i got was was that it was it was you know project arteta all the way and we we knew there was going to be bumps along the way and and we've got to, you kind of just got to run with it and roll with it and as i said i think you know the, the results that you've had recently of of um placate, placated what was what was and, and steadied what was a rocky ship but you know, as we said, you're always <laughs> Arsenal always a couple of defeats away from from lurching into another crisis. Yeah, do definitely. you think? Um, I was just going to say, in terms of like, because um, of obviously COVID situation, barely any fans have been at the stadium. Do you think? Because obviously one of the downfalls for Wenger and Emery was the fans at yeah. the stadium. Do you think if the fans were there during that run, do you not yeah. think like he would have felt the pressure a lot more, and the club would have felt a lot more pressure than? Obviously, now with the lack of fans, they don't really. They can kind of do whatever they want. 
100%. I think that is bang on the money. I think if the fans were, I think if the fans were in the stadium and the response to the run and the response to the manager was as vociferous as it has been, as you say, for Emery and, and Wenger during his, that, those, those, those latter days of his, of his tenure, you know, you, 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 I think when you're a board member or you, you know, sit on the board of a, of a club, you can't ignore that kind of negativity. And in many ways that, you know, at various clubs and at various junctures that has done for managers, for Premier League managers. Once the, once the fans turn, the, the board invariably uh, buckle under the pressure of, uh, and then and, and make the decision to, to part ways. But so I think you're right. That that that's where Mikel has uh, perhaps landed on his feet a little bit. That you know we all want. You know we all listen. We all want. And M- Mikel Arteta has been on record as saying he wants fans back in the stadium as soon as they possibly can, as soon as it's safe to do so. But maybe in this scenario, the fact that uh, there have been no, no no supporters in the stadium has, has sort of played to his advantage. Yeah, um, I was going to ask about obviously leading on from that obviously there are huge financial implications for having no fans in the stadium and um news came out that this week we've Arsenal have taken out uh is it 120 million pound loan some yeah. kind of Wonga short-term loan I don't yeah that's got to be paid back in x amount of time um, do, do you have any thoughts or any ideas as to why that loan was taken out and uh you know and and how that maybe hampers us this window uh i don't, I don't think it is it, i don't think it will hamper or advantage the the inter you know i guess you guys are talking about transfer window and your transfers i don't think that will have a, an impact i think the money was taken out um more just to run it just just to ease the, the strain of the running costs of of the um uh of the club essentially obviously the 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 pandemic has hit football and has hit arsenal as it as every club you know significantly and uh i think the money that they've taken out of the loan that they sought to take out um will just help with easing that burden a little bit um but from my understanding is that that money won't have an impact on on transfer transfer incomings. I think the businesses the business they're trying to do is the business the business they're trying to do, and the and that and that money won't won't um, be reflected in 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 what they eventually end up doing, which probably won't be loads in January. Damn. Uh, I think. I think. I was going to brand. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I think. I think it's you know we do know that they they're after. They definitely after a um, an attacking an attacking midfielder, but so you know it's easier said than done. I think the emergence of Emil Smith Rowe in the last few weeks has perhaps I'm not saying it definitely has, but I'm saying that you know it, it perhaps has eased the the necessity to bring to bring a, a an attacking midfielder in. But equally, and, and I'm sure you guys would, would probably concur. You know, I, I don't. I, whether you can rely on on someone like Emil Smith Rowe, as talented as he as he is, and he's he's obviously going to be a fantastic footballer. Whether you can rely on a youngster to sort of dig you out of the hole that you're in, in terms of creating chances, because that's be that's you know be frank, that's been a massive problem. Whether you can rely on him week in week out to do that, um, I'm not sure you can. And I, and I think Mikel Arteta would still be in the market for uh, reinforcements in that creative area if uh, if they can do one. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think my understanding of, of the loan was sort of like, um, to give you an example, you're getting a bit tight before payday, so you don't want to put anything more in on your current account, so you just put it on your credit card. It, yeah. And then <clears throat> and you're just going to, you'll, you'll pay back the credit card next month after you've been paid, because I, um, I think May is when a lot of the money uh, that we get annually comes in from like Adidas and Emirates and all of that um, sponsorship deals. So the way I see right. it is just is just them taking advantage of some, I guess, cheap cheap cash that the government made available. Um, whether you agree with that morally or whatnot um, is a different argument. But I think you know Daniel Levy's done it and it, it proved um, 
to be quite sensible thing for Spurs to do. So um, I think that, and, and I think on the Smith Rowe point, I think Arteta said, right, he said after, I think the Brighton win that, you know, these, this form isn't going to change our plans, that kind of thing. And I would hope that it wouldn't because um, from other reports, you're hearing that Smith Rowe was going to go out on loan um, and whatnot. So, you know, I guess the plan wasn't even for him to even like to be this, this good, but if he if he does go out on loan, I would assume that they would still think that someone was would would be needed, um, and this is a guy who's had loads of injury problems in the past, which is why he's not played that much football um, in the past two years. So to then like sort of go into the second half of the season, being like this guy is the answer to all our problems, I think would be very very um, short term thinking. So yeah, I would, it's not I would, just I would, I, 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 in terms. I agree of, with that. It's not just short term though. It's like it's just unfair on Smith Rowe. It's just a huge burden on his shoulder. Don't get me wrong; he's very talented to me because I've always, I've always like pushed for you know not Lewis, you know Lewis. Lewis can stay there because you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've always thought Smith Rowe. Yeah, I saw him once and I just thought, yeah, this kid's got something. But you think that about think... every youngster? Oh, you think no, that about every? Man. I don't. You don't need to. You look unfair, yeah. You know, I said some are decent, and then when Kamara, I said remember Ben Kamara, okay, Kamara Olo. Glenn Kamara is having a good career. If I'm being, he's in Rangers doing well. He's having a good career, and I'm always right in terms of that. But um, Smith Rowe, no, nah, you just can't put that much pressure on him. He, he's not. It's just too early, too soon. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not, not, no. Like Foden is like on another level. We can't um, use Smith Rowe as comparison to Foden. So the way we need to use him, we need to take care of him in terms of how how we Im, Im, like give his impact into the team. To me. How we manage them, yeah, and it's not like Arsenal have historically uh, overplayed youngsters in, okay. in, in history, have they? No, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, Sammy, just uh, just going on to transfers, then, um, have you have you heard any inklings about who Arsenal's like n- number one targets would be? Would it be? Uh, are they looking to do permanent stuff? Is it is it loan deals? What what kind of constraints are we working with? I think it was. I, I think that ideally want to do a loan just to get them out of the hole um, for the rest of the season. If they could, if one, if one is doable, um, I think that makes. I think that makes sense. I think players are more readily available, or the, or the players you want or you target are more read, readily available at the end of the season, um, and they're also probably available at a better price. Um, so, to me, going into the loan market. For a, just for a stopgap, makes uh, makes bundles of sense to me. Um, I think one at the start the start of the window. I don't know if it's called. I haven't heard recently, but I I, I saw the the uh, Isco links, mm. and I, I understand they were correct or they are mm-hmm. correct that they would consider that one. Again, you know, I, I, I can't see that being that wouldn't be a permanent deal surely, just because of the the, the the finances attached to that deal. And, it, and to me, it doesn't really. I don't know. I, I don't know how old Isco is now, but I'm not sure yeah, he would. Twenty eight, I think maybe. Right, so maybe yeah, twenty eight, twenty nine. You know, are you going to get? Are you are you getting a player who's hungry? Are you getting a player who's passed? Who's gone over the hill a little bit? I, I, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure he would fit the fit the ethos of player that uh, Arteta would want long term. Mm. I certainly think he would fit the bill short term if he can come in and do a job for six months and then. Mm. If he, he do, if he does if he does well in that six month period, maybe then doing a loan for a year, maybe that could work. Um, but I, I I think that the Arsenal would would rather keep their powder dry in terms of permanent deals until um, the summer, where you know where as I say, players are more clubs are more prepared to let go of their better players, um, yeah. and also. Um, yeah, you, you're probably more likely to get a better price. Yeah, because, you know, you, if you're looking to get a starting attacking midfielder in January, clubs will invariably know that these, you know, this the, the buying club must be pretty desperate. Yeah. So that you know, the price goes up by ten million quid just yeah. on that alone. So especially in our position. So yeah, right. That, everyone knows. That starving. That yeah, everyone. <laughs> well, everyone knows, don't they? That Arsenal are after that kind of player. Mm. So. Yeah. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle. 
a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. It goes up. Do you is think they were great with um, the, like, how they treated Ozil, not really like using them? Um, I'm not sure if regret. I'm not sure if regret's the right word. Listen, Ozil's a fantastic footballer, he, and you know he is technically, and you know he's yeah one of the best of of, of a generation. You know he's gone. He's he literally won everything, hasn't he? But I don't think we should also forget that towards the latter days of towards the latter days of Wenger's reign, and obviously you know he he's kind of since Emery's come in, he's kind of gone off the cliff, right? And he hasn't really performed. Even in those latter days of Wenger's, Wenger's reign, did we, I'm not even sure we were seeing the best of of Mesut Ozil. I can't remember. Maybe maybe I'm a bit unappreciative of 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 how good he actually is or how good he actually was. But I watched at that period of time. I watched a lot of Arsenal, and I just I I don't know. Yeah, he always just flattered to deceive for me. Listen, fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. But I just didn't. I didn't feel he was affecting. Don't worry, Sammy. This is a safe place for Urzul Slander. Well, I, I, oh, I, well, I, no, I, no, no, no. I'm not having any Urzul Slander. You know, <laughs> <laughs> got a rep it for the group. <laughs> don't but worry, yeah. it's a safe space. I'll have your back. Um, <laughs> yeah, at least I, I'm not doubting. I'm not down I'm not doubting his ability because he is a fantastic player, and in the right team, in the right team, yeah, he'd, he'd be an asset. But. Um, I don't think he'd be an asset in this in the way that Arteta wants to play in terms of the the, the, the high energy, the work rate, the pressing. Can you, you know? Can you see Mesut Ozil, you know, pressing onto wherever you know, the centre mm. midfielder? I just can't. I can't see mm. it, and I, I don't think he would. I don't think he would fit into into um, Mikel Arteta's sort of strategy and and, and the way he wants to play. Yeah. Do you think then now that <clears throat> that sort of deal to, to see him finally leave the club. Do you think that's going to happen this month? Because um, I think all the reports are saying, you know, um, Fenerbahce, that move's looking looking very likely. And that, mm-hmm. do you reckon that the that saga's finally going to be coming to an end now? Yeah, for, for once, for once, I, I, I can sit here and say that I think there is an openness from both parties to get that, to get that, um, to get that deal done to Fenerbahce this month. 
um, it will invariably, as as these things always are, um, end up uh, a discussion about money. He's still owed, you know, he's still got six months six months on a contract, which is worth three hundred and fifty grand a week. So, yeah, why is he going? Yeah, yeah, why is he just going to walk away from that? So, yeah, of course, yeah. The, the, this, you know, whether you think that's right or wrong, it is what it is. You know, he, mm. he, he would, in my opinion, he would be silly to walk away from that. But and, um, other people would, would disagree with me. But I think finally there is an openness from certainly from Meza Ozil's point of view is to, to negotiate, come to some sort of deal with regards to the rest of his wages, whether that he forgoes a little bit of it or the buying club, i.e. Fenerbahce, um pay part of, you know, Arsenal paid a paid a brunt of his paid a brunt of his is the rest of his wages until the summer. And then Fenerbahce has paid a rest. And then obviously then Fenerbahce take on the, his full whack when uh uh next season. Um, from next season when his actual Arsenal contract. Right. So there's there's various ways that they can they can sort of come to a come to a deal yeah. and, and and negotiate. But yeah, you know, whether it happens or not well, is dependent on how much Mesut Ozil is willing to forego, mm. how much money he's willing to forego. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that you know, I, I I think there is a willingness there for, for on all parties for that deal to to, to happen. What what's your stance on um, obviously what's happened since uh, since, since lockdown? finished and we restarted the season project restart obviously Ozil left out after practically I think maybe starting every game under Arteta when he first came yeah Mm. and obviously we have um (laughs) there seems to be this real big divide about the reasons why Ozil has been left out is it political reasons is it footballing reasons is it the wage cut um do you do you have any thoughts on you know, are we to believe everything that comes from the club um, in terms of the reasoning that they are saying that uh, Urza was left out? Um, I would, I would suggest it was. I, I think it's, and some of the indications that I've had that it is, it is a, it is, is a footballing, it is a footballing reason. I don't think the commercial, I don't think the commercial side of things, as far as I'm aware has come into that has come into that decision I think um, Arteta's got a way of playing as we've suggested I think they've looked at it looked at his work rate um, looked at what and, look, and looked at what he does off the ball rather than rather than on the ball and and ask, them, ask themselves a question does he fit into what we what, what we want to do here I think the answer to that has been a categorical no as we as we know Um Listen, there's, but you know, there's always and there's always been there's always been rumours and suggestions of of Mesut Ozil's demeanour on the training ground, even during those those final days of Arsenal, Arsenal Wenger, there was always suggestions of kind of you know his what his, his motivation and his attitude in training, and you know I wonder if if maybe that that side of his of his um, professionalism, shall we say, has has Maybe played a part again in in um, um, artistic thinking. I'm not saying that. For, I'm not saying that. For, I know that for definite. But mm. uh, there are obvious. There is obviously reasons behind Arteta's decision to to completely um, eradicate him from the squad. Because it's a weird decision to make, right? Because you have uh, you have proven experience. You have proven talent there. Um, so not to use him and not to have him in your squad at all. Suggests that it, that you know is it you know it is a footballing reason, but it suggests there's probably more to it. Um, and what you know, listen, whether it whether it is an attitude problem, only Mikel Arteta could could answer that question because he's mm-hmm. the one who made the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me. And so, sorry, sorry. Just before we move on, um, you mentioned that Arteta did make the decision. Um, are you are you? Are you confident that 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 was the case? That it wasn't coming down from you know powers that be. Uh, you know, th- th- there's all sorts of these theories, and it's just, yeah, yeah, it's like you know what Meza Erzul like is. You tweet one thing about Meza Erzul, and then you got all the yeah. 
wackos in your yeah, room. Ozil, <laughs> Ozil things. The, yeah, Ozil the things. Uh, Ozil, Ozilologists, I, I call them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Listen, I, I, I don't, I don't concur with the fact that it's been a decision that's forced upon him. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think if Mikel Arteta wanted wanted to pick Mesut Ozil in his squad, he would pick up Mesut Ozil in his squad. But he's obviously got very serious reasons as to why he hasn't. Um, I suppose you know we may never find out what the you know publicly what the what those reasons are. No one will ever confirm, but um, yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a decision that's been forced upon Mikel Arteta. I, I, I don't think he would he would he would stand for that. Okay, um, I don't really want to make an Ozil party right now. To be fair, but um, with him, do you, do you not think that um, the media have kind of let Arteta get away with kind of get away with things a bit? Because obviously, we saw how how we were like suffering creatively creativity and um do you not think they've kind of let him get away with it just doing whatever because it did seem like Arsenal tried to just get by this season in terms of the the decision to leave him out of the squad yeah yeah um it's a good question could you know could we could could that have been highlighted um you know listen I I have seen to be honest I have seen pieces and stories to that effect you know you've got some you know you've got a problem in in creating chances, and you've got one of the best creators that have ever sort of graced the, the world of football, sitting at the training ground, not being used. Um, have we let him off the hook? Maybe, 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 maybe he hasn't, maybe he hasn't had the scrutiny. Maybe he hasn't had the scrutiny that um, other managers would have would have got. But um, I think part of that. Part of the reason maybe that he hasn't had that scrutiny is because I think the message coming from inside the club has been so strong that mm-hmm. Arteta is going to be is going to be the manager no matter what, mm-hmm. um, and I think that maybe has um, <coughs> influenced, in inverted commas, the, the narrative a little bit with regards to with regards to um, Mikel Arteta. But I think if you, you know, if 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 another if another manager at another sort of top six club went on the kind of run Arsenal went on, perhaps their managers would be under far more um, under far mm. more. We, we, listen, we're seeing with Chelsea now. Look yeah. at Chelsea. You know, they've been on a they've been on a poor run. Not any anywhere near as a poor run that Arsenal were on. Um and we're already talking about and obviously Chelsea's obviously a different dynamic, but um yeah, and we're already you know, Frank's already under pressure there, despite the fact he led them to an FA Cup final last year, despite the fact he, you know, led them to a top, you know, to the top four last year, mm. despite the fact they threw to the Champions League knockout stages this year. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe he has been let off the hook. But as I say, I think part of that is because the narrative, because the 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 message from inside the club has been so strong. What's um what what is uh how have you found Arteta so far? Because I think there's maybe a bit of a perception around him that he's a bit of a media darling, that he's um he obviously comes across very well in his press conferences. He's uh very uh eloquent and the way the way he talks, you know, that's that I think that's one of the things that I most enjoyed about Arteta. After we had Emery, where Emery couldn't really communicate his message, it was all a bit mumble jumbled, and then you got Arteta who came in. He he laid out what exactly he wanted to do, and we really enjoyed the confidence and the passion that he spoke about things. So, ha, has that kind of um, do you think that's wearing off or not? Do you think that's wearing off from Arteta um, in terms of the fan base and also with you guys in the media as well? Do you, are you guys still as charmed maybe as 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 you were at the start? Um, first off, that yeah, we should definitely point out that 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 was the. Uh, the communication of the manager was definitely one of the prime. I remember at the time when Unai Emery um, lost his job. Um, I remember the communication publicly was one of the main criteria they were looking for in their next manager. Someone who could, who could, um, yeah, essentially, you know, you know, you're never going to get an, a, a, an Arsene Wenger. You, you know, being in an Arsene Wenger press conference was always an experience. You know, he could hold court. He would hold the room. You know, he had that. He had that character. He had that demeanor. But they certainly wanted someone who, you know, and and it, listen, Unai Emery tried 
to communicate and he tried to um bring a little bit of character bring a little bit of character to his press press conferences but i think he just he was so um he just wasn't comfortable with the language and there's nothing wrong with that you know my spanish is you know my, my spanish is you know is you know, I, couldn't, I couldn't hold a conversation in spanish so and he was trying and i, and I do feel that una unaimer's language um grasp of the english language vastly improved but it was it was difficult for i think in my opinion fans to connect with unai emery because of his um difficulty in communicating with fans through through us and on tv and and and, and through the media and whatnot um Mikel arteta on the other hand is very good and he's very adept at holding court. He's very adept at getting his message across. Um, uh, but to call him a media darling, I, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not sure. I, I think this stems back to the, the the previous question about, you know, you're essentially asking, have we given have we given Arteta an easy ride, uh, given the run that you you guys have been you, you guys you guys have been on? I think, yeah, as I you know, I. I, I Sorry to heart back to the to, to, to the previous answer, but I, I do think that the fact that if he if you guys think he has had an easy ride, that will be because the message from inside the club has always been that strong that he's you know he is mm. not under any threat, and I think you know that way that that's the reason why we've not been we you know we've we've maybe fallen short of questioning why he he remains in a job essentially. It's almost it's almost like you guys didn't didn't smell any blood, you know. So, um, so for the one of a better for the one of a better expression, that is a very good way of putting it. That is probably yeah. a very good way of putting it. You know, so the, shark, the sharks weren't circling when they, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just knew it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't. Okay. It, it was just knew it, he was. As I said, unless the season absolutely imploded, mm -hmm. uh, I just don't think the appetite was there to get rid of. Of another manager because where do, where do you go from there? Mm. Um, that, that was my thing as well. I, I never i I knew we weren't gonna sack him unless things got so bad because I think it it, it takes Arsenal to, to the, it takes us so long to move sometimes. Like it took us um, way longer than it should have to sack Wenger. It took us way longer than it should have to sack Emery. We weren't going to pull the trigger on Arteta, uh, uh, who who is the club's choice. He's the he's the club's guy. We were never going to pull the trigger on him just because we've entered a bad run of form, unless it got so bad mm. that we, you know, like you said, flirting with relegation. You know, and yeah. I just did, I never saw that coming. Anyway, when you bring Thomas Partey back into the team, we would have found a, a fix eventually, which he has done. He stumbled on a fix, yeah. and but you know. My, Maybe this is the turnaround for him, you know. Managers sometimes need that bit of luck, you know. Arzavenga found Ashley Cole um, by luck, you know, uh, rather than playing Silvino. You know, these things, these these things do happen. Um, talking about um, youngsters, uh, <laughs> bless <Sorry>. you. <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about youngsters. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of talk about uh, Olu. Do you want to say the pronunciation? But you say Balogun. <laughs> yeah, Balogun. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of talk about um, obviously Balogun's contractual situation, and um, I think we're all really big fans of uh, Balogun, and we 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 want him to stay. Do you do you see any circumstance at which Balogun is going to stay at the club, and and, and uh, do you have any info and or uh, knowledge as to what's going on there? I actually made a couple of calls on that today, actually, just to double check a couple of things. So mm -hmm. um, I think he's got numerous offers from abroad for for pre for pre contracts. Um, I don't think he's agreed one yet. I don't think he's signed one yet, but um, I think he's minded to. I think he's frustrated. I think he's frustrated at the lack of playing time for sure. Mm. Um, maybe, perhaps, understandably. I think he's definitely. He's, he definitely he comes with a big reputation, right? From uh, from the academy, yeah, yeah. and given the goal scoring problems that you having, maybe for him not to get more minutes during that period, I can see how that would frustrate him. Um, I think the club is still trying to tie him down to a long term contract, but 
I think it's all about pathway with him, pathway into the into the uh, into the first team. Yeah. And unfortunately, at the moment, I don't think he sees one. Um, and maybe he 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 looks at it. Maybe I'm better off going abroad, um, getting in, getting more first team minutes more regularly um, than I am at the moment. Because let's make no bones about it. You know, Pierre Aubameyang, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is you know he's the captain of the team and he he starts if he's fit. Um, getting you know dislodging him out of the team is 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 a tough ask, particularly for a young lad. So I uh, I can understand why he would be a, he would be attracted by uh, those those offers from abroad, and I can I can I can definitely see why he's he's giving them serious consideration. Mm. I think, not I think, think part of the um, oh, sorry after you Dan. Yeah, I was just going to say I think it's it's quite interesting though um, because for me, if you're looking at the guys who are I guess blocking his pathway. Um, you got Lacazette um, and Enketia. Obviously, you know Aubameyang. If he's fit, he's gonna he's gonna start, right? And I think that, you know, as a youngster, you wouldn't probably expect to start over um, Aubameyang. But yeah. um, I feel like if you're talking about pathway, it seems quite an easy discussion to have. I think with um, someone like Balogun, because both of those other strikers, Lacazette and Enketia. Um, I guess for all intents and purposes, it doesn't look like the club is planning on sort of extending their contracts, um, that kind of thing. They're both going into their last year. So I feel like it, it seems that if Arsenal did want to keep him, that seems like a very easy, you know, um, solution to say, look, right, we're, we're, we're probably not going to renew these two guys. Let's think, long, let's think long term here. Like, you know, your career is a lot longer than six months. We can get you alone for six months and then next season... Um, you know, you can start. So it seems to me like the club just aren't really sure what they're going to do there in that striker department for, for the future. And that's a bit a bit of what's causing the causing the, the commotion, I guess. I think it, what I would say about the situation, I think it's another example of um, poor contract management by the club. This should have been sorted out last summer. Yeah, It should have been, yeah. it should have been, you either... You sign his contract now, or we, or we let you go to Brentford, for, for example. I think he was pretty close to Brentford, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I million, I think it was. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, quite. So, uh, you know, it, it's either you sign a deal, or you, or you, yeah, yeah, we, we will sell you. But for some reason, uh, another player has has been allowed to lead, to enter the final six month of his final six month of his contract, um, and it, I'm I'm not sure it's going to end. Well, I'm not positive, shall we say, that it's, it's going to end um, satisfactorily for for Arsenal on this on this occasion. Do you not think um, what also makes it more complicated is the fact that him and Aketia are on, with the same agency? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I was just about to say that, and it, you know that you know the fact that they're that they're from the same stable is there. You know, is there a, is there a conflict of interest? There? I don't know, but. Um, it's it's it, it's um it, that would be that would be a, a simple answer for and that would be a simple question for someone you know for for the manager to answer. It, it's who do you you know who do you see as long term in your in your in your team? You know he he he's kind of flirted with Eddie Eddie, Eddie and Ketty, hasn't he? He's had him in and out of the team, and he you think he's finally made it, he's finally broken through. He, you know, he starts he starts in a you know a couple of Premier League games, he comes on for a given given decent minutes and then you don't see him again for the next for the next three or four or five games. Yeah. So I in in my opinion. So same as Nelson as well. It's just yeah, it's really, reading, really between, strange, yeah. reading between the lines, I would I would say I would it would suggest that Mikel Arteta isn't necessarily convinced mm. By, by by certainly by um Enketia. Um which begs the question why not have why not have a proper look at um yeah. yeah. There, there was a there was a um there was a transfer rumour. I'm not too sure how how <laughs> how uh, legit it was, but there was a transfer rumour. I think it was Eddie Enketia to was it West Ham? West Ham. West Ham. It was Wolves first and then West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah, and West Ham, yeah. Yeah, do, do, do you know anything about that? Um, and do you think do you think Arsenal would entertain an offer for Eddie in this in this window? Do you think do you think 
let me extend that question. Sorry, what, do you think Arsenal would ex- um, would be open to selling anyone uh, in in this window at all? Yeah, I think mm. they definitely want to clear the deadwood. I think that listen, it, it's unfair to call. It would be certainly be unfair to call um, Eddie and Ketty a deadwood because yeah, he's still a young lad and he's still he's got bundles of potential and he he could still go on and you know. Um, have a fantastic career. I'm sure he will have a fantastic career because he's a talented boy. Um, but yeah, to 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 maybe just to balance the books, I can you know I, I could see Arsenal entertaining offers for some offers for someone like Eddie Eddie and Ketia, um, just so they can fr- maybe free up some wages that they can use to get the con- the level of player that they want. Um, at the end of the season and in, and in the summer, I think we, we're seeing already this month that they're they're looking to clear the decks a little bit and just just to reduce the wage bill. Yeah. You know, listen, if they can get Ozil off the wage bill, even if it means paying part of his wages from from now until the summer, <clears throat> I think that will will be the, the 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 best business they can do. Yeah. Um, in January to get that to get that level of money off your yeah off your books is um. Yeah, he's a massive. He's almost like a massive, like cash, new, new cash injection. It's you know you've got you've got all that money to you know that, those wages to play with. And they've got so they they've um, Saliba's moved on, hasn't he? He's moved on to Nice. Um, I think Socrates is go, might be going to Genoa. So there's 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 a number of players that, that that they have targeted to get out, and I think that is as I said, that is the priority this month. Mm. Do you not think like it's six months too late at the same time? Because part of the issues we kind of had this season is just in terms of our squad, which is you had what at least 28 players training first yeah. team, and it just looks ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, no, I agree. But what I would say about that is selling players is is a, is a lot easier said than done. You, um, you know, negotiating and getting the price that you feel is right. You know, a lot of a lot, you see a lot of this on Twitter. Uh, people, you know, fans saying, "Oh, just sell him, just give him away." But you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to remember these guys. Are, the guys that you know, it's a business. Arsenal is a business at the end of the day. And you, you you look at your balance sheet and you look at your assets. And if someone's not willing to pay you what you think that asset is worth, then you're not gonna, you know, you're not going to, you're not just going to get essentially sell him and just give him away. So I think it's a lot easier said than done. Getting rid of getting rid of players, but you can't just give them. And also, I don't forget, you need to be able to sell them to a club that the player wants to go to. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not like it's not like Mesut Ozil hasn't had had his suitors over the past two or three seasons. He definitely had clubs that wanted to take him, but one, it's been um, it's not been a club that he wanted to go to. Two, it's not been a club that's been in, been able to get anywhere near his wages. So. Getting rid of players is, is, is um, yeah, it's you know it makes sense in it makes it makes sense in, on paper, but actually getting it done is 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 an all different, altogether different scenario. Mm. And I think yeah, just in terms of um, I guess selling players, uh, just to touch on one of the one of the guys that you, I guess you, you dropped the bombshell on the last the last time you were on, um, Willian. Uh, there's been some rumours about you know sort of him not being uh, yeah him, him him not being um you know too happy um you know falling out with uh some of some of the other players you know concerns about um hip, the non negotiable non negotiables not being applied um evenly him not necessarily settling into the to the team and I think that's borne out by some of his um I guess to put it uh, mildly lackluster. Um, performances. Do you reckon that's someone that the club might look to to move on? Um, obviously, probably not now, but um, in the summer. Um, I don't think they would look to move. If I'm honest, I don't think they would look to move William on in the summer. I, I I know that Arteta was very much in, involved in that deal. Mikel Arteta was very much, but he was heavily invested in trying to get William to the club. And I know. You guys will probably roll your eyes up at that. And like, oh my God. But, <laughs> I'm about to throw up. Yeah. What I would say, okay, you know, his performances are there to be judged, right? But he is a proven, you know, he has won things. He is a proven winner. And I mean, you look at the Arsenal squad, 
how many how many proven wins. I'm not you know I'm not defending I'm not defending the performances or whatever, but you know having character provided you can get the best out of them and you provided you can get him pulling in the same direction as the manager having characters like that more often than not would um is beneficial is beneficial so if they can yeah if they can get some performances out of him and then they can get him a bit more buoyant then yeah, I, I, I still think there will be a future for William next season. Mm. I dug it through my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Luke. laughs> um, all right, uh, Sammy, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I've just got a few um, uh, quick fire questions to go through. Um, have you heard anything on like uh, links to Julian Brandt, um, the uh, Dortmund number 10? I, I know you said that alone is the most likely. Um, uh, solution in in this window. Um, obviously, we could maybe sign Brandt in the summer, or is it possible for us to maybe get Brandt in now? Um, if that if that link is true, I think that would again be more one uh, one to look for in the summer. They would listen a, a player of that quality, hundred percent. You know, I'm, I'm I'm sure that you would uh, would would be would be certainly be in um, in the mix for someone like that. Um, the, the, the player that they did want, and please do not ask me to say his name because I just okay. don't, I can hardly spell it. But the dominant, the lad from it's a Bosley, yeah, I'll do it for you. Oh, don't worry, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, um, he was one that they would, he was one that they they were one million percent, yeah, interested in, but. Um, he, I think, he, I think he's agreed to go to the sister Lively. club. Lively. Lively. Yeah, the sister club. So um, obviously that deals off. So that's one that's been scratched off. So Brandt, you know, has been has been a, is a player that they've looked at, and you know, I'm I'm sure they would be interested in. I've not heard anything significantly concrete about that, but you know, I've seen I've seen him play, and I've seen him play. But again, you know, with players of that quality. Um, Clubs don't want to let them go in in Jan, and that's usually unless you're prepared to pay above the odds, which obviously Arsenal probably won't be prepared to do. Unless you're prepared to pay way above the odds in January, I don't, I can't see, I can't yeah. see that all happening. What about um, Usain Bolt? Um, or um, do you think that boat sold now? Yeah, I, I yeah, certainly this certainly this month, I, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't see that deal. Um, I wouldn't see that deal. Uh, happening at the uh, in in January, um, mm. and, I, and I also think there may be now um, clubs with bigger budgets who would be keen on uh, Hasamua. From what I understand, there would there there would be other clubs and bigger rivals who would be paying be prepared to pay more um, to him and to the club to Leon uh, mm. to get that deal over the line. I guess um, another one. Uh, another German, um, Julian Draxler, who's always, I think he's been linked with us every single summer for probably the last seven years. He's the um, name Trebelsi. Yeah, yeah, Trebelsi. Yeah. What's his name? Um, Jan and Via, you know, Jan Gork, yeah. all of these guys as well. <laughs> so, um, is, is, this, yeah, yeah is, is, is Draxler something that's realistic? So I think a few people in our WhatsApp group would um, be quite keen on him. Yeah. Um, I mean, they think they still think he's a, he's he's quite a good player, but um, we're sort of split down the middle on that one. I think. Yeah, I listen. I think he probably, uh, you know, he would maybe be available. And what I would say about that deal is that all the scouting reports that you know have been done because he has been watched. I, I would say I, I know for a fact that he's been watched uh, at least sort of fifty lots of fifty times. That the, the, the scouting reports would be. Um, there'd be bundles of them uh, locked away at, uh, at, um, at, the, at the Arsenal training ground, so they know they certainly know all about him. Um, it, would he be available? I'm not sure. I, I think Pochettino would 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 would, would want to have a look at him first. Um, but he's I think he's 27 now, 28. Is is he, is he another? Is he a player that is maybe past not past his best, but you know, is he, would he still have the hunger? See, I'm not too sure. I, I think, again, for January at least, I, I, 
I, I can see Arsenal just just keeping their powder dry for now. If that deal maybe if if he was loanable, loanable, I could see I could see it. But if it was a permanent mate, I'm I'm not sure that would I'm not sure yeah. that would happen. Is he contract up in the summer? Is that is that yeah, I think he is. Right. Yeah. Um and final question from me actually is about a backup goalkeeper since we signed the worst backup goalkeeper ever in history and now we need a new one. So <laughs> any any uh, <laughs> any knowledge of that? The listen, the one that they, they, they tried to go for in the summer was um the lad at the name escapes me the lad at Brentford. David Rea. Rea. Yeah. Um but you're back to the you're back to the same. Uh, you're back to the same problem of getting players out. Of, you know, getting players out of January. Um, I think Runison. You know, God bless his. God bless him. But, but that 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 the uh, the game against Man City. Oh my gosh! It was, um, yeah, it was uh, something. It was not a night he will want to. Rem- he will not to want to remember. So I can. I understand why they want a number two. Matt Macy's gone to Hibernia now, isn't he? So. Um, and um, so that's yeah. So that that ship sailed. So they yeah, they do need a shake up in the in the goalkeeper department for sure. I mean, obviously, they've got their number one. You know, Mikel Arteta made that pretty clear who the number one was by the decision to let Martinez go to Villa. Um, so he's going to stick by that decision. But yeah, the 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 options <laughs> the options behind him certainly leave at the moment so leave a lot to be desired. Definitely. Uh, that's me done, guys. Any any questions before we let Sammy go? I guess my last my last question is um, probably just on, I guess the dressing room the dressing room mood because um, I reckon I think you know well obviously whenever teams in bad form you're getting those stories about you know yeah. players are falling out this that and the other um, and we've had a couple of wins now but do you reckon that like the mood around the place is still sort of fully supporting Arteta? Um, as well, because obviously you said the higher ups, there was no inclination that he was going to get sacked or anything like that. How do you think that the players um, are feeling at the moment about the manager? I think, listen, I think any dressing room you go, you go across the country. You know, there there are always going to be, you know, divisions. No, it, they might be minuscule, but you know, in some clubs they might be, you know, might be gaping holes. But it, it you know, it's hard to. Well, I think it's virtually impossible to have a dressing room that is completely galvanised and everyone is, you know, everyone is made. So they're always going to, you're always going to have your favourites, you're always going to have cliques. There's always going to be people who hang around, you know, players who hang around with each other and are, you know, are more matey with others than, than, than other members in the squad. Um, but in terms of the mood of the camp, I think that is always invariably dictated to by results. So, of course, when... <laughs> When you go on a run of not winning games and languishing towards the, the the lower reach of the table, and you're touching the relegation zone, then of course, you know those those problems in those those little those little pockets of problems you might have in a dressing room are, are always going to be magnified. But at the moment, um, follow giving the given the run that you're on, um, it's it's obviously going to be far rosier, but. Yeah, during that during that period, there was a lot of noise about disgruntlement, you know, amongst players, and perhaps um, uh, questioning whether the manager tactics, the manager's tactics, were 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 appropriate for a for a team or a club the size of Arsenal, who have who have traditions of and heritage of, of, of attacking football, but. You know, while you're winning games and while you're picking up points as, as you were at the moment, as you are at the moment, I think those problems and those issues in the dressing room just get shoved to one side. I think, and I, and I honestly think that's how it, you know, how it will work. But if you do go on another run of poor results, then I'm sure those mm-hmm. those stories will come come back, and you know, we'll all be we'll all be questioning whether whether you know there the, there are cliques in the camp. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right, Sammy, uh, I just want to say a big thank you for coming on, man. Your your time is really much appreciated. I hope you've had a good time. Thank um, you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, f- so get get hold of Sammy Mott Bell on, on Twitter. We'll put his uh, at name in the bio. 
be sure to follow him and uh, check out all his uh, um, all his work as well uh, with the Daily Mail. Um, all right, guys. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, be sure to use touch, uh, the hashtag Touchline Fracas. Uh, follow us on one of the socials at Touchy Gooners, and we'll be back next week. Take it easy, guys. It's got to 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Could have went left, but it went right, could have went wrong, but it went right, said it was Ian, but it went right, Mummy got bars on bars on sight, MVP in the night, said they get a deposit in, heads right in the paper. Could have had that fight, but I'm in walk on site. Man, I have to drop that mic. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man, gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do it. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's foul. That's offside. the response of Arsenal. Across the line. Score from my team in the time I play. Whatever I know when man is in the Chelsea. Lost their focus in the joy of equalizing. But I won't see you right. Man could have had that fight. I'm in walk on site. Podcast Network.